0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the ADSR Inspirations Podcast. My name is James Mallion, I'm your host, as I introduce you to inspirational and artful souls from all over the world. I'm deeply interested in music, film, the arts, achieving goals, overcoming struggles and big ideas. So join me as we uncover some life lessons and knowledge. We're based out of Tokyo, Japan, and we'll be speaking with people from all over the world ranging from artists, musicians, creatives, leaders, big thinkers, and those who strive to do and be great. Thanks for listening along. Now let's get inspired. Welcome once again to ADSR Inspirations and we have a really special guest today. One of my oldest friends. I've known Alicia since high school, but haven't really had a good chance to connect in a long while she's an amazing artist illustrator crafter antique treasure hunter and much more Uh, we personally have her work hanging on the walls of our house and i can't wait to reconnect with alicia on a variety of topics related to art life business and much more so please welcome to the show alicia bint
1: thanks james it's so nice to see you
0: yeah you too so um So I want to start let, let's start way back.
1: way back, playback.
0: Way back. So <laughs> when when was it that you kind of first knew that you wanted to be an artist as a career? Like when did you think that you might be able to turn some of your passions into a full-time, full-time job? Like was there a, a moment or did it just kind of come gradually or naturally? Uh, you know,
1: it's it's almost like I never I never thought of anything else. I I sort of always I think because my parents were so enthusiastic about me drawing when I was little. Um, my mom always tells the story of when Alicia was three, she was drawing eyelashes on people, <laughs> and they they were always really excited about my artwork and going through elementary school into. Um, into high school i think that was when i got an the art award and i was kind of always into art pretty seriously so i just i never really thought of doing anything else so Mm -hmm. I, i always knew that i would do something artistic i just i wasn't sure what it was back then i actually when i was younger i didn't really know what types of art careers there were so I kind of thought oh i'd be an animator because i was a kid and you watch cartoons and i just kind of thought that that's what people do um but then when i was in high school i realized that there were other things that were more to my liking and um yeah i i applied to the illustration program at sheridan college um from grade 12 and yeah i went from there and it was just never i didn't actually apply anywhere else i just I knew what I wanted and I thought if I don't get in, I'll go back and do uh, OAC, um, but I didn't get in. So, yeah, it was just never really a question. It was always just, that's what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Right. I guess, um, I guess that's kind of easy, you know, versus some people who kind of more have like a struggle with the whole thing. It just kind of everything sort of made sense to you kind of from an early right. age, right?
1: yeah i I mean i'm very very lucky that my parents were supportive and encouraging in that way i know a lot of people are not that way at all so i'm certainly fortunate for that sure Um, but yeah it was there was just never really a question um the question was just what will it become and right i still don't know where i'll be (laughs) later but it's kind of part of the fun
0: for sure um you mentioned you know you went to uh you entered an art program, you went to an art school, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in our hometown, Sheridan College. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, maybe like for aspiring artists, do you think it's kind of necessary to have that formal training or have like a foundation of like studying art history, the background? Or do you think um, if you just have that passion and you're doing it, you don't need to be formally trained?
1: I, I don't think you need to be formally trained at all. Um, But that being said, I'm very happy that I went to school. Um, I feel like personally for me, I needed that time to grow, to learn. I tried different styles, you do all different art styles and painting techniques. You learn from other people. There's one of the biggest parts of school that I appreciated was um, an aspect of class called critiques, and you would have a class project that you worked on. And for me, I was in the program called illustration, which illustration is typically, you're, you're drawing or you're creating artwork for a purpose. So usually it's either for to go along with an article or to go with a book or to be used on a product or something like that. So there's a purpose behind it. So You would create a project for class and then at the end of the time that you had for the project everyone would gather together and you'd go one by one and look at everyone's project and talk about it as a group so you would get feedback from everyone and get different ideas and opinions and i always felt like that was really valuable because as an artist you're usually like i was mentioning to you before sitting at home by yourself working and you don't really have unless you have a community that you Um, interact with, you're often by yourself. So I think that's something I do miss about about school. Um, And also just learning the techniques and how things work and the connections you can make through school. So I feel like when I was there, I mean, that was, I graduated in 2006. So that was quite a long time ago where there was no social media really that was prominent then. I think nowadays it's a little bit different. YouTube, you can, like, for learning techniques, you can do a lot of that on your own, I would say. But I still feel like that classroom environment, depending on the type of person you are, can be really valuable.
0: Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Do you still remember some of those, like, early projects you did and some of the critiques that you got?
1: Um... (laughs) you're calling on my not so great memory. Uh, I do remember a project. I don't really remember the critique, but I remember one of the projects I worked on was sort of what was your dream project near the end of school. And it was illustrating fat. I I used to want to be a fashion illustrator and it was illustrating fashionable people for a clothing store and I made like big posters with people wearing their clothes and it was a really fun project but I honestly I don't remember the the critique of that but (laughs)
0: sure but you think for the most part um regardless of whether the critiques were like positive or negative you think it kind of helped you kind of learn yeah oh yeah Yeah. absolutely
1: I mean it's just because I can't think of a specific sure. critique that I had, um, just experiencing that and seeing what other people see from your artwork that you might not see when you're hyper-focused on something. You're just in it so close that just taking that step back and or seeing it from someone else's perspective is is helpful, especially when it is illustration and it should be seen by other people. It's important to hear what other people think of it. It's not just... It's not a... If it's illustration it's not a personal piece that is just for the art of it it's actually to communicate something or to support something so right, um, yeah
0: um that being you, said i've kind yeah. of
1: delved into sorry i, <laughs> I no, took no, go over ahead. there but i've i've kind of since school kind of merged illustration with more personal i don't want to say fine art but more like art that people take home to put on their walls. So it's things that I do paint maybe for myself, but with other people in mind. So it's kind of crossed over. It's sure. not always just art for someone else. It's for me that hopefully other people will like as well.
0: Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just sticking you know, with the early years for a little bit. Um, I, I've kind of talked to different artists about this before. I just wanted to get your take on it. Um, do you think, I guess, you know, you're into visual arts, uh, illustration, drawing, do you think that that kind of art form or art in general is like an innate skill? Like you mentioned you were doing this when you were three. Um, do you think people are born with these kind of skills or do you think it's something that like you have to work very hard and if you practice enough, then anyone can really get good at art? What are, What's your kind of view on like, oh, if you put in the work, anyone can do it. Because I know like a lot of people will say, oh, no, I can't sing. I can't draw. I can't paint. But I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of these like great artists, maybe they started and they could hardly do it as well. But they just kept doing it again and again. And they just had a passion for the practice to keep doing it, right?
1: I think that's a that's a hard question. And I feel like if I look at it, in terms of if I wanted to do something different because I do feel like from an early age I was naturally drawn to art and it came naturally to me I can't really speak for it not being natural but for for example I really like I really like music and I used to play the flute when I was younger I recently got a cello which I would love to play Mm -hmm. but I feel like it will take me so much time. I think it'll be sort of a retirement age hobby that I will take on. I think that if you're creative in general, then you could pick up other skills. If you're not creative at all, I don't know if it's something that you could really just keep doing. I mean, maybe maybe over a long time, but you sort of, I think you have to have that a bit of natural creativity, if that makes sense. But I don't think like I can't just pick up the cello or pick up a, t- a guitar and quickly learn how to play it. Um, it would certainly take a long time, whereas there are certain people who can play guitar really easily. So I think I think having a natural creativity in you will help. But I do think some people are just kind of born with that path inherently in them.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I guess there's both sides of the argument. Right. Um, but it definitely seems like you know people at the top of industries or you know considered you know masters um it doesn't all come easy to them right like they've they've you don't see all the behind the scenes stuff and all the work and sure. the hours that they've put in like oh, yeah. a lot of people might just assume oh you know they were born it, it can be anything really you know like top athlete or whatever right like mm-hmm. oh they were born you know this way but you don't see like you know all the hours and all the hard work that people may have put into it right
1: that's true and maybe that's part of it where when i was younger i was drawing all the time and that was practice whereas i didn't really look at it like that because it was fun and a hobby for me but that whole ten thousand hours thing i certainly had much more than that so (laughs) maybe that maybe that's a good point that you kind of do build on that if you start from when you're quite young
0: right um yeah. You had briefly mentioned, you know, um, you kind of do your own thing. I know you have your uh, your brand and your company, Alicia's Infinity. Um, so what, what kind of made you want to go that route, you know, like the freelance route versus, um, you know, joining a company as an illustrator and, you know, going into an office or wherever? nine to mm-hmm. five what what made you want to sort of do your own thing on your own time and yeah what uh
1: well two things I would say first off I do like in general having a variety of projects I'm not the type of person who likes to do the same thing over and over again so I really enjoy the kind of unknown. Um, you don't really know what project will come to you next or uh, just switching things up. I I really enjoy that. So I, I don't think I would ever really want to work for a company doing the same thing over and over again. Um, additionally, though, we learned in school that full time illustration jobs are very few and far between. Uh, it's it's they they just aren't really out there especially nowadays com- if a company does work with artists it tends to be on a contract basis so most illustrators are freelance anyways so Great. it kind of it worked out well that I sort of leaned on that side um anyways
0: sure and um you also yeah kind of briefly mentioned before um you're, you've done a lot of illustration and I know you've done a lot of watercolor stuff and you said that you may have, you know, customers or supporters in mind sometimes when you create work. Um, do you consider yourself kind of having like a specialty or something that you kind of feel the most comfortable in creating then?
1: Uh, yes, and I do think that that has evolved over time. Um, I I actually first, I might as well go back since we were going back in time before. When I first started Alicia's Infinity, the reason I called it that was because I didn't want to, and speaking of variety, <laughs> I didn't want to tie myself down to one thing. Um, So when I was thinking of business names, I was thinking that could sort of encompass my whole creative world, just my infinity, my every whatever creative endeavor I want to take on. So when I started it, I actually I was trying to be a fashion illustrator when I graduated. But then I also was making jewelry, which you might remember. And I started selling jewelry through Alicia's Infinity. And I did that for several years And then it wasn't until um, my mom actually mentioned, you should try to sell some of your artwork at these craft shows that you're doing. And I never really thought of my artwork as something that people would frame because I always thought it's supposed to be for a company or a product or something. So I I just was painting things that I liked. So I was painting. um, At the beginning, I had teacups and antique things because I was really into that and flowers. Um, so I, I printed some of those and had them at shows and people really liked them. So eventually I stopped making jewelry and only started selling my artwork to customers as art prints and then now as note cards and different products as well. But it started off with me just painting things that I enjoyed, which I think is important for creative um projects is if you really love something it will show in your artwork so the the uh, I, probably the things that I enjoy painting the most tend to do the best which isn't really surprising um so I do a lot of flowers which I love and animals and antique things and um, things to do with nature just things that I love um in my personal life I guess um that's sort of my specialty. And then in terms of my business, uh, when I got married, I designed our wedding invitations. And I realized that, oh, I can use my artwork to design wedding invitations, which was the perfect, I have to say, the perfect marriage. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I couldn't resist that. <laughs> but it, re- it really was because I liked designing cards and different graphic design elements along with my illustration. So I was sort of making a product with my artwork and celebrating love, which is the best thing ever. So that, that's my favorite thing to do. I actually just designed a new invitation suite, um, yesterday. And I said to Chris, my husband, I just, I love doing this so much. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, I think just finding something that you really love to do. If if you can do that and people like it and you can make a career out of that, then that's the ideal world.
0: Sure. I hope yeah. that
1: answered your question. Yeah, after. yeah, for sure.
0: Um, it seems to me like kind of what you're saying, um, at least as a freelancer, like sometimes it has to be a little bit of a balance, right? Um, mm-hmm. In terms of kind of thinking okay would a customer you know where my supporters yes. would they be interested in this but at the same time um it's something that you enjoy doing on your own whether or not anyone would buy it right
1: right I mean if I liked some obscure thing that nobody else cared for then it would be harder to make a living off of that unless you found that niche and good for you I mean there are certainly a lot of people who have a very specific niche style that that there's a following for um, so i mean i think it it just all depends on where you fall and there is a balance i i absolutely consider other people when i'm making things for the most part at this point um, but i wouldn't i wouldn't really paint something that i don't like just for a cut like for for a product or something uh, I just, that I just wouldn't, I don't think it would work. I don't think it would come out well. And uh, it's yeah. Finding the balance between if they like it and I like it, then that's hopefully that will work well.
0: For sure. Yeah. Um, I guess just keeping with that for a minute, like sometimes I'm sure you get uh, requests or like offers from customers, right. To do, to do work. Um, mm-hmm. So have there been like, have there been times when you may have had to tell someone, well, no, I'm not really into that, or that probably doesn't work with me? Like, have you had any kind of like crazy requests or things that you think, well, I'm not really, that's not really me?
1: Um,
0: or it's usually I, like I they, do- they know your style. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think probably at the beginning and at the beginning of my, my career, I, I would have done, like, unless it's something morally that I don't agree with, I wouldn't do at the beginning. Maybe if it was for, like I was doing kind of cartoony things for people, I just needed work. So I would do whatever I needed to do. Um, Even now I, I take on some graphic design projects like making, um not brochures but just different different things that aren't necessarily illustration because sometimes if you have time and it's a paying job then i'll take it on Uh, it's not maybe my style but i you don't have to if you do take a, a job on like that you don't have to show it on your website so i feel like anything that i show on my website is something that i would be interested in getting work for so for now, most people see my style and they know what it is. And I don't really get many requests for things that I wouldn't do. I did do a wedding invitation one time that I won't go into details for, but they kept asking me to add things to the artwork. Like what about adding this and about adding this? And then it just ended up being way too many things, but because it was for a client, it was for their wedding I gave them what they wanted and they loved it. I didn't love it, but at that point, it's like, well, whatever they want, as long as they're happy, I'll do it. But I also didn't put that on my website because I don't want other people to see that and, and associate (laughs) that with my style. So, uh, yeah, I, I haven't really, I wish I had a crazy story for you. No, no. I'll probably think of one after, um, I'll let you know, (laughs) but I can't think of any off the top of my head other than that
0: one sure sure but um do do you find it like you get a lot of like requests or offers or most of it is just like um they see what you've done and they order what you already have pre-made or is
1: uh yeah most most of it is they see what i've done um especially for custom like personal commissions i i paint pet portraits or house portraits um i did a family portrait one time where there was like a bunch of people and a dog and i i just like kind of iterations of things that i've done um i don't get a ton of requests for something completely out there i am doing something really cool right now that i i mean maybe i could tell you i don't think that they would be (laughs) (laughs) i'll just assume that they won't (laughs) hear this podcast but i guess yeah, I'm not going to say the person's name, but sure. this man contacted me and he wants me to paint his family in a Christmas scene. And he wants me to do it every year for the next, I don't know how many years. And he's going to make uh, a physical, like, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, like a setup. Uh, a a scene in his yard essentially that depicts the painting that I do so the first one we're doing his family is going to shop for their Christmas tree so he wants me to paint them cutting down the Christmas tree and then he's going to replicate that with like (laughs) I don't know how he's gonna do it I don't want to say mannequins but with things representing people in the yard and make a whole scene around it but he's going to surprise his family with it for Christmas so that's a really fun right uh a really fun project so there are some creative people out there that see my work and then they think oh maybe she could do this
0: sure uh
1: so yeah that's a fun one
0: (laughs) sure yeah that does sound kind of interesting how many (laughs) how many years did you say that was for
1: I don't know he just said we'll just keep doing it every year (laughs) forever (laughs) yeah (laughs) i haven't signed anything that says a certain amount but
0: (laughs) that's kind of cool yeah yeah and um, you you kind of touched on like i'm sure this is like other freelancers other industries too um where you have kind of like a back and forth with your clients um and you're just trying to you know reach that stage where you're both happy have you had like some other instances, maybe where like the client said something and then you suggested something, you know, where it didn't quite jive, or you haven't had too many of those? Yeah, or you?
1: Uh, that I mean, that does come up sometimes, and I think typically when someone hires you to do a job, they're hiring you for your expertise and your artistic opinion and um, style and taste. So, uh, you just kind of have to work with the client and find the happy medium because you certainly don't want, especially when it's for, it's one thing if it's a personal painting for their house, then they can have whatever they want. But if it's for, uh, a business that will be showing, like I've done some branding work before for several clients and I'll design their logo and, Perhaps their packaging, and if if they suggest something that I don't think will work, then I'll just explain why, and I'll, we'll talk about it. And typically, we come to a, a happy medium. On maybe I was thinking one thing, they were thinking something else, and we'll come in the middle, or they'll appreciate my opinion and, and value my expertise, and uh, we'll we'll go in that direction. So I mean, you have to if you're if you're knowledgeable about something and you feel confident, then you shouldn't just give in because the client wants that. Uh, You have to be respectful of their opinion. And I would, I would, for example, I would, if someone said, Oh, I'd like to see this in black. And I think that black is too stark of a color for their branding. Then I'll show it to them in black, but I'll also show it to them in dark gray because I feel like that's a better option for them or whatever, whatever it is. So um, you kind of, it helps. To sort of spell it out to them too, and show them different options, and usually they'll they'll go to your direction.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I imagine you know when you're doing work for companies or um, you know bigger clients like that, there may be quite a few more people or like a hierarchy that you kind of got to get through at times. Um, And I guess this kind of harks back a little bit like what you're saying when you studied in college you have people kind of critiquing what you're doing Um, Mm do you do you think that kind of like helps, helps your work or would you rather just the client leave you alone completely or do you kind of like a little bit of back and forth to kind of give you maybe a different perspective on something you didn't see
1: um hmm That's a good question. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I guess I would prefer if I do something that I like that they would run with that. (laughs) But I appreciate other people's. I do appreciate other people's opinions. Uh, the The problem comes when. For for example. I've worked with someone before who showed all of their family and friends something that we were working on and it's kind of like i i've i've watched the show say yes to the dress before which is where you go shop people go shopping for wedding dresses and they'll bring their whole family and everyone has a different style right. so some people want this type of dress some people want this and you kind of just get all these random opinions that you're you'll never make anyone you'll sorry you'll never make everyone happy yeah. with anything creative. Yeah. So when it's something like that, that if it's if it's a client that's showing their friends and family, they're like, oh, well, this person wanted this this person thought we should do it this way, and this person thought we should do it this way. I I don't appreciate that because it's it's actually not very helpful when you just have. <sighs> It it depends on the project. I think it would be different if it was a team, a professional team of people. Uh, To be honest, I typically haven't worked with large teams professionally like that. I'm usually working with either the owner of the business or a person like just one person. So I haven't really had a team of, of creatives. Maybe maybe design professionals would be a better way to put it. That I would appreciate. Um, but sometimes when it's when it's for, if it's for your company or for something that's close to you, you kind of have to feel good about it. So if I'm working with the business owner and they love it, and maybe a couple close employees or people that they work with feel the same way, then then that's appreciated. But asking 20 of your friends isn't always helpful right so i felt like that was really long
0: <laughs> no no that yeah that makes complete sense so it seems like for the most part um you know someone hires you and you're the professional it's kind of better just to kind of trust you and give you the space to kind of create and
1: yeah and i mean typically i will if, if someone asks me to create something, I'll show them different options and then we can make revisions from there. So if it's Sam designing a custom wedding invitation for a couple, if they want um, an, uh, an enchanted garden theme, then I might do three different sketches and with all different layouts or different content and then they'll pick which they like and we'll run, we'll kind of tweak it or Maybe they'll take part of that and part of the other one. So I'm all about collaborating. I think that's kind of the point in, in working with a client is to get what they want and what you think is right and mesh that together. Uh, but I do think that they hire me for my experience and my artistic vision. So typically people do do trust me so far
0: (laughs) sure sure yeah I mean they should and I hope hope so (laughs) yeah yeah right um just to switch it up a little bit just if if people are watching the video they can see a little bit of um you know your workspace going on there and um I mean your house too I know I know like your personal workspace and your studio is a big thing for you and Mm -hmm. um it's actually been featured in some magazines and some publications and I've seen it up close a few years ago. I'm sure it's constantly changing a little bit. Um, (laughs) You know, just your space and even your house really is kind of art in itself. And I think you've talked about this before, but how important is that space for you? And maybe what advice would you give to someone maybe looking to make a space for themselves?
1: I think that I appreciate that you. I didn't know you knew that I was in magazines. That's that's really nice. Uh, that was that was kind of a dream come true to be featured. It was it was two different um, women's art spaces, mag- magazines about women's where women make their art. And inspiring spaces, and I've always loved. We live in an old house, and I've always loved antiques and decorating. And I always thought it would be really neat to be in a magazine. It's not something I pursued, but uh, I actually was contacted by the magazine who found me on Instagram, and it was it was it was pretty surreal when it happened, and it was really exciting. Um, And then I got to talk to them about how I feel about spaces. So I did, I did, uh, there's the whole article is about that. And I do feel like having a space that is inspiring to you is, it means a lot. It's, it's really important. I don't think it needs to be extravagant. I mean, I love my whole house and we've even created an outdoor space that I work on our back porch that's screened in. I work in the backyard. I kind of I like my variety, as I said. So I move around. I'm not always just in this one room, but I kind of I make every little nook and cranny interesting to look at because that's what I appreciate. Some people might like plain white walls with just a few uh, statement pieces on it. That's whatever you feel good about. You should have. But if you're creating art. I do feel like you should be in a place that inspires that and that evokes creativity and it sparks something for you to make whatever it is that you want to make. So I just feel like if you if you're in that space, it will only help you make better art. And it just makes every day so much more enjoyable. If you're if you're If you go to work and you're even even if you're not a creative person and you go and sit at a desk at work every day, why not make it a space that you're excited to go to or that even if it's just pictures of places that you I mean, it can be anything but just make the make the place that you if you're working there all day, why wouldn't you want to love being there. So I think it's extremely important. And it doesn't matter what it looks like as as long as you love it.
0: Right, right. Um, Yeah, you mentioned maybe, you know, if someone goes to an office setting every day and they don't have as much freedom, so you'd kind of suggest just like even a few small things can make a big difference. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose if you're working at a retail location, then obviously you can't change that. But when you come home, your house can be your, a space that you love to come home to. So, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be work, just living. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you come home and you're in your living room, most of the evening, why not make that space something beautiful? I mean, if you have, I I just bought a really pretty copper uh, fan for my home gym, because it's out all the time and I could have bought maybe a cheaper one that was white and plastic, but I wanted a metal copper fan because it looks pretty and I'm, I'll be looking at it every single day. So, I mean, I might've spent 20 more dollars or whatever. I might've spent some more money on it, but I'll appreciate it. And it, it, it's more enjoyable to look at. So I, I just, it's all the little thing. Every little thing adds up. It can be, something functional. I mean, I just said to, to Chris, I want a, a wooden nail brush. I've been gardening a lot and I'm cleaning my nails. I have this little plastic brush. I said, I want a wooden one. I want yeah. one that looks nice because yeah. I'm using it all the time. So just all the little things, why not have it, have it be something that you enjoy looking at?
0: Sure. Um, if people want to check out that article more in depth, uh, what, what's the name of that publication?
1: Uh, there's two. One is called In Her Studio, and the other one's called Where Women Create.
0: Okay. Can people find that online then, or...?
1: Yeah, uh, yes.
0: Probably, I believe, okay.
1: I believe that there are digital versions of both, but I'm sure. not 100% sure. Sure. I actually do have one of the... I have Where Women Create on my website. You can look at the PDF, and I should actually scan the pages of the other one if I, if I'm allowed to do that. Sure. So I, sh- I should put the other one up on my website as well, but where women create is on, it's on the homepage of my website actually.
0: Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. We'll link people up to that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, all right, just to shift a little more here. Um, you mentioned that, you know, a lot of your work, I guess from the beginning was kind of like hands-on stuff. And I know you like creating physical things with your hands. Um, I'm wondering like your opinion on um, digital work and, you know, especially these days, do you think it's important for artists to learn software and technology? Do you think um, these are essential skills? I know you you probably also work on a computer a lot of the time. Um, (laughs) What what do you think about that side of it?
1: Yes, uh, I think that that, is possibly a misconception about traditional artists in that we can just paint all day. <laughs> I, probably 90% of my time is on the computer. I, I wish it wasn't, but to be honest, it is partially because working as an artist, selling products, um, communicating with clients, most of the work is on the computer which is very important that you are up to date on programs. And I mean, it's only ever helpful to, to understand how how that type of thing works. So when I was in school, we learned the very basics of Photoshop and Illust- Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator. And I've used those ever since school and I still use them almost every day. And I mean, even just digitizing your art, you need to know how to scan it in, clean it up. I mean, I could paint a picture, but if I don't know how to put it onto the computer and make it printable, I mean, it's, it's just, it's sort of essential at this point. Um, I, 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 yeah. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, yeah, you, you absolutely need to understand the technology side of it. But I do appreciate the time that I get to paint. And in the future, I would like to be painting more often than I am now, um, just so that I'm not looking at a screen all day. Uh, but yeah, the, the computer, I mean, it, it's sort of a love-hate thing. I, I don't like to be on it all the time, but it's very helpful and, and absolutely necessary. Right. So, yes. Yeah,
0: I, I think yeah, that's great advice and kind of a little bit inevitable um, these mm-hmm. days, especially. Um, you mentioned you're working with Adobe products, uh, mainly Illustrator and Photoshop. Are there any any other software that you work with or?
1: I mean yeah, I I use InDesign as well, but I even use Excel, I use.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I use QuickBooks for accounting purposes. There's just so many programs and web-based. I mean, I made my own. I I now now I have a Squarespace website, but even just that type of thing, unless you're paying for someone else to make you a website, you have to understand how to do that. Um, my, my shop right now is through Etsy. So I have, I have to understand that platform. It's very, it's very technology focused, which I'm sure a lot of work is these days, but yes, the, the knowledge is, it can only be helpful. Absolutely.
0: For sure. For sure. sure. Um, so just on that side of it, is there something that you do to kind of keep your skills sharp in terms of like certain programs or if there's like an update to a certain program or, you know what I mean, just to kind of make sure maybe you're not uh, lacking in a skill or falling behind in some aspect.
1: You know, I, I could probably be better with that, to be honest. Uh, Adobe is pretty good with sending out, uh, I don't know how often it, if it's monthly or I'm not sure how often it is, but they do send out, um, I guess, an email newsletter type of thing where they say, this is what's new. Or when you update, I mean, I have a subscription to the Adobe product. So when when it updates, it will tell you, this is a new feature. So you can watch their tutorials on that. I, I don't, I think that's more useful if you're creating, it's more useful if you're creating art on the computer, whereas I'm sort of more so using it to assemble my art or prepare it for print or put it in a product so I'm not as into these are new brushes that you would paint with on digitally because I don't do that so I think it would be more valuable if you're actually creating your artwork initially from the from the computer but yeah I mean I could be better with with knowing all of the all of the updates so perhaps I'll add that to my to my never-ending to-do list of things (laughs) right
0: right Um, I guess in terms of that um, things I've done you know in the past of course tutorials forums YouTube videos do you find yourself kind of turning to those a little bit or you kind of just try to do it on your own and just kind of um, explore
1: uh, I do. I, I mean, YouTube is amazing. I Great. definitely use YouTube. I use it more for hobbies and recreational things like learning how to knit and uh, bake and do different, different creative skills. But I, I sometimes I'll use it for how do I change this thing and Illustrator, or whatever I, I will use it sometimes for for work purposes um, and I do I'm part of some uh, I'm part of a, a Facebook group actually with other stationary designers and I listen to podcasts about business and uh, my industry and the wedding industry and I'm certainly always taking in knowledge from different places um, so yeah I mean just sort of all over the place
0: sure sure yeah i think it's kind of interesting um how facebook has evolved a little bit and you know i found this too and i remember reading some numbers recently where it's like close to 50 percent of uh the reason people use youtube these days is to learn a new skill or to learn skills Mm -hmm. and you know it just seems to me like the content that is most successful and people are really connecting with is about learning and growing and, you know, the success of podcasts more recently where people just kind of take the time. It's kind of moving away from these shorter little clips and just more in your face kind of bites. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I mean, that's why I use both of them. I I listen to podcasts and watch YouTube mostly for learning or for growing or, I mean, maybe you, YouTube's not only for that, sure. you can have fun with that, but uh, I definitely use it to, to gain new skills or knowledge, and I, I think that's great, I mean, it's much more productive <laughs> than, than probably how it started even Facebook I I know that for our generation perhaps we started using it for the social aspect and then that sort of petered out when Instagram maybe take took over and I I don't really use Facebook for personal reasons anymore I mainly just use it for either the chat aspect or for groups like professional groups so I'm part of Like I said, some wedding industry groups and wedding stationery design groups, artist groups. So it's it's good for professionally for me, which I wasn't expecting before, but it just seems to be a good interface for that.
0: For sure. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of like um, if you kind of put that content out there or you kind of like give people a little more credit for being more intelligent, like you don't just give them like these short 15 second clips or just mm-hmm. the, all the sensational, um, media out there. If, if you kind of put something, um, a little bit deeper out there, people are seeming to like grasp onto that or like educational material or, mm-hmm. um, I just, yeah, let, us let's, let's follow through with, um, you said about that face Facebook group and connecting with people. Um, I know this year, you know, has been hard, a challenge, uh, you know, like a paradigm shift for many regardless of your industry. Um what kind of what kind of challenges for you have going through this pandemic been and maybe also like what kind of opportunities did it open up for you?
1: Yes, it it <laughs> it was pretty jarring for Especially for my industry, which was, I would say for the last few years, I've been mostly in the wedding industry, designing invitations. And when everything happened last March, it halted all events. So there have, there were pretty much no weddings last year. So for someone in the wedding industry right. and all of my wedding industry friends... It, it ended, everything stopped. So there was nothing, certain people, they, they couldn't do anything. I would say for me personally, I was very, I don't wanna say lucky because it's intentional, but I was grateful that I had different avenues of work coming in because typically, March to June are my busiest months because I'm designing invitations. I'm designing wedding menus and seating charts and things for the wedding day. It, the springtime is the most hectic time for work for me. And it was dead. So right. I had people canceling and it, it was intense. But after the shock of the first few months that everyone was in, I mean, every industry was in shock. I started getting more personal commissions, um, more house paintings and pep portraits. And I was doing, businesses were kind of doing rebrands and working on their business. So I was doing work with different clients. Um, People were buying products more online because they couldn't go to stores. So before last year, I didn't have a ton of online sales. I was mostly doing, I participated in person craft shows. So artisan shows and none of those happened last year either. So I had no weddings and no craft shows, but people started buying online. So my online shop was bigger than it's ever been before. Uh, last holiday season from October until January, surprisingly, was the best that I've ever done. So every, I mean, I'm just so happy that, that I had that avenue or that different revenue stream coming in because, I mean, weddings were non-existent. So it, it, it worked out. It actually worked out because I now have a client base that maybe found me last year because they were shopping online and hopefully they will continue to do that this year. Um, And then hopefully next year, I mean, I'm already working on some weddings now for later in the fall, which hopefully will happen. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it kind of introduced the world of online shopping for me to take more seriously and... I'm hoping that next year will just be both weddings and yeah. online online sales. So, it wasn't all bad for me. Uh, it certainly took a little while to see where it was going, but in the end, in the end, things shifted and, and it worked out okay.
0: Right. I think. I think yeah. That's a very that's a great way to look at it. Um, like you, you like you said, the initial shock. Um, affected a lot of people. But then um, I think there were definitely chances and opportunities and you seem to have found some of those or people found you as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't just bemoan your fate and say, oh, no, well, I can't do this now. I can't do that because of the pandemic. You kind of have to think, well, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I kind of stopped I actually just posted yesterday, I posted this new wedding invitation design that I did. And I mentioned how last year sort of put me in a different direction. And I haven't been designing wedding invitations for, for my collection because I didn't have any clients looking for them. So I, I did shift into, I went from weddings. I'm like, okay, well, what products do people want? So I was focusing more on that and making new art prints making I make tea towels and recipe cards and I've been just making more art for for people to uh see and hopefully enjoy and yeah I just sort of shifted I I didn't have to I know a lot of people talk about pivoting I didn't really have to pivot because I already had that avenue I just focused on that instead of doing both um, so that that worked out well and I yeah I know a lot, a lot of people were it's hard when you're focusing on one thing for my business and I do think for creative people diversification is pretty key and really helpful especially at the beginning I mean that's sort of been a strategy of mine is to cast different, nets, I suppose. And, uh, at least more than one. I mean, if you just put all your eggs in one basket and it yeah. doesn't work out, then that's not, <laughs> that's not the best strategy. So uh, okay. that really proved to me last year that it was a good call to have different, different streams of income for sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think really that's great advice for, you know, anyone, any kind of industry, um, And it was good that you could use last year as that chance. Um, whereas, you know, maybe other people may have got stuck or other people also did the same thing. Right. But, um, so I know also last year and you kind of were mentioning this a little bit before, um, there was a theme of isolation for many last year. Right. Um, I know you like as a freelancer, solo artist. Um, probably like going to those shows or connecting with people, um, is probably a big thing, right? When most of the time you're isolated and you're working by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So how, how kind of important is that for you? Like connecting with your supporters, connecting with people who follow you and, um, whether it's like in person or online, right?
1: Uh, I, I do, I, I call myself, I mean, I am, I'm an, I'm an introverted person. So for me doing craft shows is sort of a big deal because it does take a lot out of me and it, it's a challenge for me to do them. But when I'm there and I'm interacting with people and I get to watch them react to my artwork I mean, it comes back to that whole it's not that people are critiquing it when they're looking at it and you're standing there. But when you get to hear what people are drawn to, I mean, when I am at a craft show, all of my artwork is behind me or beside me spread out. So you get to see them. Oh, look at that one. Or like they'll they'll talk to their friend or family, whoever's with them about certain things. And you do get to hear that. And it and it is it's encouraging and it's, it's sort of nice to hear what people take away from it or what it means to them. And it's, it's really nice and heartwarming. And it it does give you a lot to, to be able to interact with people in person. And then they get to see the artists, which for somebody buying a print or a product with someone's art on it, when they get to meet the person who made it, I think it makes it That much more special to take home whereas when you're buying something online it can be just a cold interaction where i like that piece and i'll buy it whereas it means more when you're buying it from a person um i do i do think that instagram helps with that because you can post more personal things you can post i'm not very great with posting videos of myself, which I should be, uh, but people can see you online or you're posting pictures of, of maybe behind the scenes or different things. So they get, you get interactions there and people can comment or send you messages. So it's certainly helpful that we get to have that. I mean, before social media, you didn't have that option. So it, it is nice to have that, but yeah, over the last year, it's, it has been more isolating, um, and I know that a lot of people are looking forward to getting back to, to shows and it'll be interesting when we do that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been a strange year for, for that, but I do feel like the people who do come to those types of shows have been supporting their the artists that they appreciate online, which has almost been even more encouraging because they put out the effort to find you and seek you out and buy from you online and send you a message saying, oh, I missed seeing you at the show. So I wanted to buy something from you. I mean, that almost means more because they put in the effort to do that. So there, there's been ups and downs and and it's been positive in, in a lot of ways, but obviously more negative. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, I think you made some really great points there, and uh, I can relate to you on a few of those ideas, (laughs) you know, um, I've always been a little more introverted myself, so like more recently, putting myself out there, um, Mm -hmm. it kind of, you just kind of have to um, not necessarily worry about, um, you know, all the judgment that people might give you, but... You know, there's, gonna, there's always going to be people who love what you're doing and maybe hate what you're doing. But mm-hmm. as long as you kind of know within yourself what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, that's kind of all that really matters. And um, just kind of keep doing it, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we kind of touched on before, if it's a skill that you're not very good at or you're kind of shy about or you're being introverted about, the only way to kind of get good at that skill is to mm-hmm. kind of keep doing it or maybe... Um, if you're passionate about something, right, you're you'll yeah. just get better at it the more you do yeah. it.
1: I mean, I think as a as a creative person, if you if you have something that you're really passionate about that you want to make into a career, you certainly need to have other people that appreciate it, or else you can't make it into a career. So you, you right. do need to have that support i mean not everyone will always like it of course but that's not your client you just need to find your tribe as they say they you just have to find the people that love your work like you do so if if you can do that then then you've got it made (laughs) no i'm not saying that's easy to do but uh it you you certainly do need other people to like your work to make it into something more than a hobby for sure And you have to have the passion to put in the time to make that happen because if you have any doubts about it it just it won't work
0: right that's a good point i think for a lot of artists or people starting maybe something new a new venture um and maybe they want to see results right away but uh Mm -hmm. i i know like you've been doing this like right how many years and People, people might see these like Instagram accounts that have like millions of followers or they see these famous like musicians or artists, but they don't look back, you know, like 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20 years ago when they only had like five supporters or they only had, you know, like a hundred people at their show, right? Like people mm-hmm. seem to like focus on the end result. But like you said, if you're not enjoying the process, And you're not doing it kind of for the right reasons then Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you're gonna find that success right
1: yeah and i mean it it depends what what you are looking for i mean you can be successful and not have a million followers i mean i certainly don't (laughs) i don't my success isn't in my the number of Instagram followers I have, it's also about quality over quantity, because you could have 200,000 followers that never look at your page. Yeah. Or you could have 500, and they all love you and buy your work. So I mean, people get focused on that number, which is, it's irrelevant. So as long as you have quality, uh, a quality audience, and you're you're able to if, if you're able to sustain yourself, doing work that you love to do, then that's amazing. I mean, I don't, I, I certainly, it didn't come quickly at all for me. And I, I mean, I had sort of odd jobs at the beginning as well. It's not that I just jumped right into a career by any means. So it does take time and you have to really want it to put the time into it. It's, it's definitely a long game thing, but if, if you want it, just gotta go for it
0: <laughs> right, right 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 yeah i think those are some important points um you know number one is just just do it right like people have said before you know if you want to do something um you know imperfect action is better than no action right mm-hmm. and then the other point about kind of like grit and perseverance just kind of keep at it right and keep at um, it
1: but I mean, you can't be reckless with it either. I mean, if you if you have a full-time job and you want right. to be a creative professional, I wouldn't say just quit your job and right. try to do it out of nowhere. <laughs> so I, don't be reckless about it. Yeah. Um, but if it's something that you are able to spend the time on, whether it be in your off hours or if you're a student and you're just starting out and you can focus a lot of your time on it, then... I mean, if you really want it, you certainly have to put in the time and effort. And yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it worked. it's working for me and I couldn't be happier about that because I wouldn't want to be doing anything else.
0: Sure. And I think the other point you made about um, it's more important to kind of have your core group of supporters than, um, of course, there's going to be like, fads and the way the internet goes and like you know say like someone writes this book and it you know it catches on Uh, and you know the people who kind of jump on those fads are going to come and go right but those people who kind of supported you you know when you just started or like you know are continuing to support you through everything are the ones that you really want right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I mean you there's always people who will have the viral situation, but that's very few and right. it's not it's not sustainable. I mean, that's what a one-hit wonder is. So I sure. I mean, you could have that happen and and then fizzle out or you could have that happen and you can't support it. Right. I mean, if you're a one one person business and something crazy happens and you can't manage it, it could all go <laughs> downhill from there. So I, I think it's better to gradually grow than to just have this sudden stardom or crazy overnight success. I wouldn't want that.
0: For sure. (laughs) For sure. Um, you kind of briefly mentioned, like you connect with other artists through like this face, Facebook group. And, um, I don't know if you mentioned like, have you done, um, collaboration with other artists before or like do you have other artists that you kind of um, you kind of really appreciate or you follow their work or you kind of look up to um, how, how does it work in terms of like other artists that you kind of connect with or you follow or you have kind of like um, maybe inspired
1: you uh, I, I, I certainly have artists that inspire me from my illustration or wedding stationary path. I wouldn't say that I necessarily, I don't know. I haven't really collaborated in that way, but I've collaborated in other ways. So in the, the wedding industry, when you have a wedding, there's all different vendors involved. So there's a photographer, a florist, a decor stylist, uh, all of the different people who, who a bride and groom or a couple would hire for their wedding, we get together um, and put on what are called styled shoots. So it's a photo shoot that's a creative collaboration between all the different vendors. So someone will head one up and say, oh, this, this, we're doing this uh, forest wedding theme and I might design wedding invitations with a forest theme and they'll have all, all, all the different aspects of that come together. And we put on a photo shoot to kind of create uh, a faux wedding um, to show pictures and you get the photographs from it to show on your website or to show on social media and you promote each other. So it's a way to do something creative and you're kind of showing your ideal thing. Back to what I was saying work you put out is the work that you hope to get so if i want to be making more wedding invitations that have nature themes then i can be designing that for these styled shoots and posting them online and people will see that and even if i don't have a client that wants it right now i can design it for this photo shoot and then i have it in my collection and i can have photos from the styled shoot for it so it's a really fun way for the wedding industry to collaborate. Sure. And it's sort of a creative thing that you're doing together. You work together on this on this shoot and you all benefit because you're promoting each other and making this this thing together. So I'd say that's that's the most, uh, I've done quite a few of those and I have a lot of fun participating in those.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, just kind of like the second part as well, do you have some artists that, um, Maybe you follow or do you think have kind of uh, like guided you or like you thought um, have kind of influenced your work?
1: Um, I mean, there's there's certainly artists that there's a lot of artists that I love. Uh, I don't think I don't think I have artists that really influence my work pers- specifically. To be honest, I try to not. I try to not compare myself to other artists. I find that that can be dangerous mm. to do. Um, then you just fall into a comparison spiral. <laughs> it's yeah. not healthy. Yeah. So I mean, I appreciate other people's art. I don't. I don't really look at it in terms of where where I'm heading. Um, I mean, there's there's different artists that have successful careers that I appreciate, uh, but there's not really, I mean, there's a lot of artists that I love and I, I enjoy looking at their work and, um, but yeah, I wouldn't say there's one or two that I specifically follow in sure. that way.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of um, kind of staying on your own path.
1: And yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, stay in your own lane. Like, you can look around at the other lanes, but I think it's just best to stay in your own lane. I tend to actually appreciate artists that are nothing like me. Hmm. I have a few pieces of art that I just bought. Um, There's this woman named Janet Hill who actually lives in Ontario, and I just came across her work about a month ago, and it's very whimsical and kind of it's childlike but also it's it's hard to explain it's really neat it's sort of you know Wes Anderson movies sure. it's almost it reminds me a little bit of that in the way that it's whimsical and fun but also elegant and mm. stylish at the same time i just i really love her work and i bought i bought a print and a and she illustrated a book and i bought a note card from her (laughs) and i just got this like whole package of her products a couple weeks ago um and it's a very i think she paints with oils or acrylics i'm not sure um it's very different than mine and then i i follow this artist named uh michelle m-i-s-h-e-l which is a neat way to spell it but she does really abstract i think it's alcohol she uses alcohol in her paintings and it's abstract but it's it's really beautiful um yeah I I tend to really enjoy artists that are are different than myself um yeah there I have I have a bunch of art of artists work in our house that sure look nothing like mine (laughs)
0: right 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 yeah you. but then my
1: my style just even though I love those whatever I paint just looks like my style I can't seem to (laughs) I don't even think I could be influenced by other art because just whatever comes out comes out right interesting
0: right 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 you you mentioned um Wes Anderson um do you know that there's a photography book actually I picked it up recently it's based on an Instagram account called accidentally Anderson and it (gasps) It's Ooh. kind of, yeah, it's kind of people around the world snap photos that kind of look like a still from one of his movies. And then they put cool. together like a photo book, um, accidentally oh, nice. like Wes Anderson. That. Yeah. It's kind of cool going through that. Um, do you, do you kind of appreciate more, um, illustration and like, um, that kind of work or do you like, do you like photography as well as do you find like, what kind of, um, art do you find yourself gravitating towards?
1: I mean, a little bit of, I, this isn't a great answer, but a little bit of everything. Right. I, 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 <laughs> apparently I like variety. I mean, yep. I, I do enjoy different, different styles. I, I love photo. I follow a lot of photographers. Um, I mean, be- I, because of, I'm in the wedding industry, I follow a lot of wedding photographers, but they're also very artistic wedding photographers that. I enjoy food photography. I love food photography. It's Sorry. beautiful. I do. I love. I do love photography. But then I also enjoy painting, and I mean, I even anything, anything creative. I mean, I I walk into a a yarn like a knitting store and i just like looking at the yarn <laughs> i mean it's right. just it's so beautiful just arranged on the shelves or uh yeah i i get it i get inspiration from a lot of places certainly not just artwork
0: for sure um yeah this is this is flown by just a few yeah. more <laughs> sorry just yeah a few more i for can't you. even see yeah. a clock
1: so i have no yeah. idea
0: <laughs> um so I just want to ask, like, is there something that kind of drives you or, like, kind of keeps you exploring or, like, experimenting, um, you know, both in your, like, art and your life? Are you, do, you, do you think it's something you're kind of, like, searching for or what kind of keeps you kind of going forward with your work?
1: Um, I feel like... My mind, I've heard this analogy before where a creative's mind is like having an internet browser open with a million tabs and that's my head. (laughs) So I feel like I just, I have a never ending desire to keep exploring and keep making things. I just want to make everything. I mean, I don't know where I'll put it all, but (laughs) I just... I don't know. I I don't see it. I hope it doesn't stop, but I don't see it stopping. I just I want I like learning new things. I like figuring things out. So I do adopt a lot of hobbies on the side. Uh, I've been sewing a lot lately and I like figuring out putting together patterns and altering them and changing them. And I just I just like to figure things out. And I and I think making art is sort of like that, where I might have been doing this one type of design for a while, and maybe I can shift it into something else and keep it fresh and interesting. So I, I just, I like putting art into the world and making it a more beautiful place, hopefully. And sure. I, I'd like to keep thinking of different different ways to do that. So I, yeah, I, I think I just enjoy enjoy seeing inspiring things and I hope that I can make that maybe for other people.
0: Right. So it's not like, you know, the kind of thing where it's like, okay, this is my job and then, you know, I'm going to retire from this after, you oh, know.
1: No. <laughs> this, this this
0: is kind of just like a lifestyle and you're going to Yeah. This is this is who you are.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I mean for the most part the, there's certain things that I won't want to do forever I mean yeah when you're when I'm retirement age I I may not want to be doing all of the computer work that it's like the upkeep of everything so it might turn into more of a of a do it more for myself at that point perhaps but who knows
0: right right I um, certainly
1: won't stop making things if I can help it
0: <laughs> great yeah Um, so just on that, just on that note, like what kind of, do you have some like set goals like for your business and for your art? Like, are you hoping to achieve certain things with that?
1: Um, I'm not honestly a goal setting person. I kind of, that's something that I somewhat wish that I was but I also feel like it's helped me in the past to just be open-minded and go with the flow and I mean like last year if my goal was to do a certain number of weddings and right. like it, it would have really thrown me off so I was happy that I, I wasn't stuck to that one certain thing. Um, I think my goal in general is just to have people continue to want my artwork and to be able to make things and make a living off of it I know that's a really broad goal but that to be honest that is my goal is just to keep making keep doing different projects I mean I i love to do to have my artwork on different items I mean I think it would be really neat to have my artwork on like dishes and dinner like dinnerware on fabric for clothing i mean there's just so many things and places that artwork could be that i just would like to have it in all different places so
0: right 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 um
1: the more the merrier (laughs) like
0: say for example like you had a client and just gave you this commission and they said you know you can spend whatever you want you know budgets not an issue like if you could just have some you know like dream project is there something like you would like do right away like do you have something kind of in mind you know if someone said you know just create what you want here's like set amount of money you, you know what i mean don't worry about the materials or the cost Hmm. You think it would be something <laughs> some, something to do with like fashion or you just mentioned like dinnerware kind of thing or it might be, um, you know, some kind of big canvas or something.
1: Uh, hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question and I should have an answer to that uh i i think because there's a lot of small things that i've i've thought about wanting things on but like one big thing that doesn't involve money
0: or is there like another yeah or like maybe some big collaboration thing like collaborating maybe with like musicians or filmmakers or doing like have, have you ever thought about that kind of thing
1: no this is terrible
0: Uh (laughs) well there's certainly certainly possibilities um yeah like you say like infinity right
1: well I know that's I'm open but I I I haven't I mean I guess I don't I haven't thought that big right I mean having having just a collection of items with my artwork on it sold and I mean most people's dream seems to be well not most people but a lot of product designers have a dream of being sold in anthropology which is this really cool store at least in North America Mm -hmm. um, that sells really neat products so I mean to have my artwork on home decor products on like blankets and upholstery like on a chair a rug and maybe have a whole home decor collection with my artwork all over it I think that would probably be it um, because sure. then that could encompass dishes and glasses and right. like an umbrella for outside and right. I mean I think just on physical items because it's really cool to see oh, but then to, yeah just to, I mean I've designed like, there's a million things but yeah. I've designed packaging for a few companies now and to see my artwork on a, a box of chocolates with my illustration on it and there's actual chocolates inside and it's in a store. It's so cool. Right. So, I mean, I can design it on the, com- on, I can paint it and then put it on the computer and make the design. But then when you actually get the box in your hand, it's just, it's really exciting. So I think to see, and I actually did, I designed um, illustrations for a coffee shop in Canada a few years ago for a second cup coffee right. And they put all of my illustrations on their holiday products. So it was on the, the cups that you get your coffee in. It was on hot chocolate containers and mugs. And to go into the store and see it in person, was it was just so exciting. So I think the seeing it on products is is really neat. I mean, it's it's one thing to have me print it myself, but for someone else to have made it and be showing it to the world is really cool so yeah i think i would say having having a whole home decor sort of line with my artwork on it would be very dreamy that took so long to get to it i mean i've thought of that before but yeah
0: yeah no i I was
1: thinking bigger and then yeah
0: (laughs) no that's definitely cool and i can picture that for sure um yeah walk into a room and everything's alicia's infinity
1: yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to bring it all home. That would be a little yeah. intense. But to be able right. to choose what you want right. <laughs> to have right. it in the store would be cool. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for this. This has gone, this has gone like, really fast. Um, just got a couple more questions for you. So, like, as this is called sure. the Inspirations Pod, uh, I've got two final questions um, that I ask every guest. So starting with the first one, um, what are – What are, like, three things or who are three people that have really inspired you um, in your life or in your work, in your day-to-day? What are, like, three inspirations for you? It can be people or things or anything, really.
1: Mm. I mean, I have a lot of inspirations. Uh, I mean, first would be my... Lovely. Oh, sorry. That was really loud. Uh, I I do have a lot of inspirations, but first would be my wonderful husband who, of course, believes the world for me (laughs) and my parents. And I mean, the three of them, I like I couldn't ask for anything better. I just want to make them proud and I appreciate their support so much. So they've certainly inspired me by showing me how much they believe in me to keep at this thing that I call a career. Um, so, I mean, that that's the first thing. Uh, the second inspiration, I think, would be just the creative community that I've found myself in doing craft shows in these groups that I'm a part of, just having, seeing other people working in the creative industry and succeeding and creating a life. Like one of my biggest beliefs is that you should create a life that you love. And that goes back to creating the space that you love, creating, if you can create the work that you love, I mean, you should be enjoying every day as much as you can because you have one life and well, depending on (laughs) you're in this one life and why not enjoy it as much as you can? So if you can enjoy your work, I know it's not always possible, but if you can, then you should. And that's really important, important to me. So just seeing other people doing it is if they can do it, then why can't I do it? Why can't you do it? So I think, I think, uh, seeing other people doing, doing well. Um, and then three inspirations. I mean, honestly it might sound cliche, but nature is a huge inspiration for me. And just, I mean, I, I grew flowers from seeds for the first time this year and I had a marigold come up yesterday and it was so exciting because it came from this tiny little seed, and it's this beautiful flower, and just the the colors and the shapes that nature creates is just incredible. I that that's probably my biggest inspiration. Sure. It's you can just walk outside and see something absolutely breathtaking, right. and it. I mean, it's yeah, that I would say that would be my my third one.
0: Nature's like the ultimate artist, right? You can't, you can't talk, right? No. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Those are great answers. Thanks for that. And last one for you. So what does it mean for you um, to be inspirational to other people, to inspire someone else? Like maybe they see your work or they see like your workspace featured or they hear something you've said on it inspires them or kind of changes their life in some way. What does it mean for you to be inspirational to other people?
1: I mean, that, that's the ultimate compliment. I mean, I would, I'm honored if anyone is inspired by me. I, I appreciate it very much. I, I mean, I know that it, there's a, there's a lot of, Competition, people would say. There's a lot of creative people out there, so if I can just be part of that and part of an inspiring group, then I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to do that, and it is really nice when when people tell you that that you're inspiring or that you've you've maybe um, sparked something creative inside of them. I mean, that's partially why I like to show things on Instagram is that it might make someone else think oh I could put that I could I could make my office a little more beautiful and then I'll enjoy going to work more or I should I should try knitting something because my grandma taught me to do that and I haven't done it in a while or you know that type of thing and I think inspiration only brings on happiness so if I could make anyone a little more happy by showing my artwork or my home or my studio then I'm, I'm thrilled to do that if it can make someone happier and more creative and enjoy their enjoy their day i'm all for that
0: <laughs> perfect yeah i think uh i think you are succeeding in that front um so
1: so thank you
0: <laughs> alicia bin i got a Thank you one more time for coming on the show, sharing your ideas and uh, your passions, you know, with myself and the listeners. Thank you for this interview and connecting with me on a bit of a deeper level than we have. And I hope to be able to do this again soon, you know, in person rather than online yeah. one day is the hope. But yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you for this.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm really excited that you're doing this and i can't wait to see to see where it goes and who you interview and i'll be listening and i'm really honored that i was one of your first guests and i I appreciate you thinking of me
0: anytime so finally where can people follow you or like keep up with what you're doing i know you mentioned a few things over the interview um yeah where can people check out your work
1: My website is alishasinfinity.com, and I'm on Instagram and Pinterest at Infinity. Everything's Infinity, but it's mainly Pinterest, uh, Etsy, and Instagram. I do have Facebook, but I honestly don't use it very much. Um, But right now my shop is through Etsy, and it's linked through my website, but I'm working on having my own shop on my website hopefully soon perfect yeah alishasinfinity.com and everything's linked through there
0: okay yeah we'll put up those um, as well um gotta thank you one more time for doing this alicia and all the (laughs) best to you you too this was alicia bent and this is james mallion with adsr inspirations until next time thanks for listening If you want to hear more insightful and inspirational chats from people based in Japan and all over the world, make sure to follow us at adsrcollective.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at adsrcollective. Then listen to the pod on Spotify, Apple, Google, and more. Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Until next time, stay inspired.